Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted Podcast. Brought to you by Sunfair. It's me, Adam Hunter. Here with T-Rex. What's up? It's been a good week. I was in Marco Island all week. You lucky son of a biscuit eater. It was a good crowd. Good shows. I had the seven shows. The average age was dead. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was it's fun. It's beautiful down there though, right? Beautiful. Beautiful. I got some, I was in the, you know, the, the beach on the ocean. I was having a good time. I got relaxed a little bit. Uh, today's my birthday. Happy uh, birthday there, handsome. I'm, uh... Thank you. What's up with you doing? What are you, Richard Little, right now? What's going on? Just, 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 just be T Rex, please. So, um, but uh, I don't know how to be T Rex. Thank you. Uh, it was a good, good week, though, man. Uh, That's what, awesome. What, uh, what else? I, I actually, so I went on Tinder, right? Someone's like, you meet girls on Tinder, right? So I've been obsessed with this Tinder thing. I still have. A, I, I, I've only met one girl, which I already knew, uh, but. <laughs> The funny story. So this one girl, hot like cougar chick who's on TV. She's on right. this like like home home and garden network. I mean, she's actually Do doing know, really can well. You say her name on the. No, I'm not saying her name, right? But we're exchanging back and forth, right? Uh, hey, you know, she's like, you're very handsome, blah blah. blah. I'm like, oh, you're beautiful. Listen, now we were should you meet. Afraid that you were being catfished at any point. For a second, right? But I looked her up, and she had all these profiles. You can go on their Facebook profile, oh, okay. so you can see her, right? But then the next day, she's like, hey, I just want to tell you, I've met someone, Ugh. and I'm, we're ex- exclusive now. Oh. And I'm like, I got dumped before the first date. This is like a new, <laughs> right. I got preemptive dumped. I don't know how to tell you this. I'm like, we haven't even met yet. Pretty soon, people are going to go up to you and be like, sorry, it's not working out. Just random <laughs> right, strangers are just going to break up with you. So that was uh, my Tinder experience getting, uh, but I don't know. I mean, there, there's a guy here at Fox. I'm not going to say his name, but he swears by Tinder. He, yeah, and he has a, he looks like Old Man River, this guy. I'm, I'm not, <laughs> the, guy the guy walks around with bees in his beard, okay? And he's getting laid on Tinder. So I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's, there's a hipster edition or something, but I don't know. It's very strange. How that guy he swears by it, but I think I think I don't know. You you can do it, but it's, it's like anything else. You got to put effort into it. I don't have freaking time to put effort into Tinder right now. I have enough. I started my new job today uh, with YouTube and Congratulations Fox Sports on that. Which is cool. I work, we worked with uh, Steve Byrne today. Shot, oh, did you? Yeah, that was, I uh, love Steve. That was cool, and uh, it's weird having a eight thirty in the morning job. Jesus, because like I, I didn't get home till like it got midnight. Are you kind of hoping it doesn't work out? No. Is, is there I, a party that's hoping that? <laughs> Not really. I, I like I like getting paid, and uh, it's it's a cool gig. It's fun. It's just like you know, I'm I'm managing. I'm trying to do four jobs right now. You know? Is this like a, a like a nine to five or is it nine, nine to five? Yeah, type thing. Yeah, exactly. Really? Yeah, every day. Uh, four days a week, five days a week. I don't know. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> you should probably figure out how many days a week it is before you continue. I, may, I, I might get preemptive fired. Uh, you know how I got preemptive right. dumped? This, my whole right. life is becoming preemptive something. Well, your interview went very well. This isn't working out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, how was your week? Oh, it was great, man. Um, you know, my kids now have management. 
Yes. Which is awesome. My dad's managing your kids. We can, we can, we can, we'll call, we can call like it is. Call like it is. I, I didn't know if you wanted that to be out Go there. Go ahead. Yeah, my, yeah. my dad's my, a manager. His, his dad's a manager, and uh, he's a very eccentric guy, uh, <laughs> best friends with Alice Cooper. He used and, to manage Alice Cooper. And, and manage Alice Cooper or yeah, whatever. And, and so managed- it was funny because we went to his house slash office right on yeah. Sunset. And uh, he, I call him from downstairs in the car. I'm like, all right, so where should I go in the building? There's like three or four different entrances. And he was like, where are you parked? And I was like, right here on Sunset. And he says, turn around. I'm looking right at you. And I turn around. And he's up on the balcony, hanging out off the balcony. He's like, up here. Go inside. Make a right. Get on the elevator. Go to the fifth floor. So yeah. I got my kids out of the car. We go upstairs, open the door. And as he opens the door, he basically blows a bong load of weed, like right in our, <laughs> me and my kid's face. <laughs> My dad, my dad's gonna love this one. I'm not, I'm, I'm, t- I'm not telling him to listen to this one. Yeah, my, yeah. No. I was like, hey, I know that smell. My dad's a product of like the '60s. Uh, Great dude, man. He's the best. He, I love my dad. But in and so, that condo in, is in, ridiculous. In some ways, I've, I'm like the parent because I after you told me that, I actually called my dad. I'm like, I sent my friends over. Uh, was there a weed? He's like, no, the whole building's smoking weed. It's not just me. It's not, he's like, it's not me. I go, you weren't high that day. Well, I'm not saying it wasn't high, but I'm saying I didn't take a bong hit before. And this is what it. I'm, I'm like, Dad, these, like, this is my friend. This is a business thing. And he's like, oh, come on. Oh, 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 Mr. Perfect, Mr. Perfect. I'm like, so now I'm like scolding my dad, which is, <laughs> right. ex- explains my entire childhood, actually, in, 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 in like some regards. But yeah, so my dad, uh, you know, it's funny, though. My dad will tell me stories. Like, I was thinking about taking it back to my dad and Tinder. I'll, I'll put this all together and put it in a little bow and send it home. So my dad used to tell me, Adam, you know, back in the day, we used to have these things called lovin's where uh, you could meet a girl on a field and, and you'd sleep with her. You know, right there, bang. You wouldn't even know her name. I'm like, I'm like... Yeah, you know, this is like in the '60s. It was great. Uh, you know, my dad. You know, my dad went arrested. He got arrested for selling drugs. I mean, yeah, he's you know he got bailed out of jail by Frank Zappa. I, I have stories after story after story. So he's got cool but, uh, pictures in his house. Too. Yeah, but I'm like, uh, I'm like the Lovins. I go, but then I'm thinking about like the '60s, how it was then. I'm like, now you got to go on Tinder to get a girl's uh, Snapchat, to get her uh, Instagram, to get her Facebook profile, to get her text, to then get dissed. It's like five steps. I, I want to go back to the Lovins. Right, they didn't have Snapchat. They had Snatchchat. Where uh, you just talked. I love that. I love that. Chat to a girl. And get We're the not snatch. cutting that out. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, all right. Chatter up. Get the snatch. All right. Let's get to some fights. Let's get some fights. Thank you. I like. I, I'm. I'm. I'm stealing that. Snatchchat. Hilarious. Thank you. You get. You get a residual laugh on Yay. that. So, Bellator this week uh, should should have been on Comedy Central, uh, but honestly. I, I look. I like all fighting. I like all fighting. Uh, to me, Bellator is like getting a handy. Not my first choice, but I will take it. Okay, so <laughs> like getting a handy. Now the King Mo Rampage fight. I don't know if you guys saw this. I, I, obviously, hopefully, it was um, it was ridiculous. So I thought King. I, I thought Mo was just gonna take him down and grind him out, which is what his plan was. But King Mo, for some reason, is a little bit gun shy, and Rampage has power. I mean, he's power is the last thing to go on people. And every time he got hit, it looked like he he was hurt. King Mo in the second, I thought he won the fight. I yeah, thought there, he won the fight. There's controversy surrounding. I thought all he that. won the first round and the third round. He didn't win to the point where you're like it's a robbery. You could right. see how you could give it to Rampage based on damage done, and you know. But after the fight, when they announced the winner. King Mo then called Bjorn Rebney. He goes, Bjorn, you're a dick riding ass. In the middle of what? Yeah, he goes, I don't care about Bjorn, you you dick riding ass. Uh, which 
Can you imagine any fighter calling Dana White a dick riding ass? Like what, the amount, I mean, they would literally be riding a dick riding ass out of the arena. <laughs> right. I, I, I could not, Bjorn Rebney. Was he there? Did they show He Bjorn was right Grant? there. He was um, a, a foot away. He was two feet away. And then Rampage was like, thanks, Bjorn. Love you, buddy. Like it was like such a ridiculous. And, but it was entertaining. It was 10 times more entertaining than the, for the fight. Oh my God. I, I, I even said in the rematch, they should flip a coin and just have a post-fight Yo Mama contest. It was un- <laughs> Believable. It was un- someone else wrote that to me was, on Twitter, was, but it was, was hilarious. Dixie Carter there it, it, with yeah, the wrestler. It might as well. DDP was there, <laughs> you know. But so that that went on. Bjorn Rebney has lost control of Bellator because wow. Will Brooks last night on Twitter. Will Brooks. Uh, Will Brooks won the fight against against Michael Chandler. Another a five fight should have been a draw. I thought I had Chandler winning the first, second. I think he lost the third, lost the fourth. Uh, the third, he lost 10-8. I thought he, he almost got stopped, won the fifth. It should have been a draw. But they gave it to Will Brooks, who took the fight on a week notice. He's a tough guy to fight. He's one of these guys who's very tall. He's like six foot something. He's strong. He's got good Greco-Roman wrestling. Chandler said he has the worst. So last night, Will Brooks goes on Twitter and has a meltdown. Uh, I was retweeting it all night long because it was hilarious. But saying – because now – Eddie Alvarez, I mean, Bjorn Rebney says they're going to make the Eddie Alvarez Chandler uh, three. And then Will Brooks is like, you know what? I don't care about this organization. Uh, uh, no fucks given. Bjorn Rebney, you know, I'm not going to be your, pu- I'm, we're not going to be your puppets. Blah, blah. Goes on this like nine tweet rant to the point where, uh, What's his name? Uh, Derek Brunson writes, Will, you're drunk. Go to sleep. <laughs> like, other fighters are telling him to stop tweeting. Right. That, that's, uh, and then Tito Ortiz fights Slamenko, right? I had Slamenko winning this fight. I, I did was too. Like, I think we talked about that But last then, week. When, they, when they, it looked like Shrek versus Mini-Me. <laughs> Tito Ortiz looked, was walked in at 230 pounds. 237, I believe. And then Slamenko was a 170-pounder. He Come had on, 60 really? pounds on him. Yeah, six. He, I think he, I think he was 185, Slamenko. But uh, but it looked like he had about 50 pounds on him. You could see the difference. And some people think it was a dive. Uh, Tito took him down. Slamenko kind of went to his back in a weird arm triangle. It was a very strange circumstances. I think Tito won. I don't think he took a dive. I don't know why they would he would take a dive. But uh, it was um. It was a strange night. And then afterwards, Jenna Jameson tweets, oh, yeah, picking on little people. Uh, you're, you're a real tough guy. Why don't you fight Rampage? Oh, my and like, God. So now Jenna's tweeting about Tito. It, they should have Bellator every night. It was entertaining as hell. It's like, a, like a wrestling slash soap opera. It sort of is. It sort of is. Uh, it's the only event where they actually drug test people who actually bought tickets. They don't drug test the fighters. <laughs> drug test the people that are there. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Any, I, 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 I wrote, even though uh, Mo won, I thought, anytime you get to call your boss a dick-riding ass on television and have him do nothing, we all win. Because that was sheer entertainment. But then after the last night, Mo goes on Facebook, and then he goes off on why he won, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, he, he goes off that he should have won. And then people are writing him like, hey, Mo, uh, you know, you, you are really lost. You know, you suck. And then some, then Mo's now responding to people on Facebook and goes, you mad because your baby's ugly. So that's what now Mo is fighting with people on Facebook. Oh man. You're better than that, Mo. Yeah. I mean, King Mo, you're... I think you were an Olympic alternate. You were, I think, second in the country in wrestling. You're a, a top-notch athlete. You don't need to fight people on Facebook saying their babies are ugly. There's no point. There's no winning there. No winning. Uh, but so anyway. He also got Daniel out of a depression into, into MMA. He's a, he's a great fighter. He's just, I, yep. think, I think maturity is a factor in King Mo. 
so anyway, uh, last night, uh, actually Sunday night, Henzo Gracie uh, got into a brawl in New York City with uh, seven of the Gracie. Uh, it was two of the Gracie brothers and uh, a, a crew beat up a bouncer. What sucks is you're a bouncer, and then like <laughs> and you get bounced. <laughs> you're about to get bounced. Not only that, you're in a fight, and then you realize it's Henzo Gracie beating you Probably up. Probably one of the worst people to fight in the street. Oh. isn't there a video of Henzo Gracie beating up some dude on the beach? No, he's tweet that, and there's a video of him tweeting while beating someone up. Someone tried to like. Uh, he's smoking a cigarette while tweeting while beating someone up. So basically... Please tell me you're kidding. No, I swear. I actually said that he that should be, have a course like <laughs> tweeting tweeting while beating. Not a video of it. He's actually tweeting like somebody's about to attack me at, at the park. He's tweeting somebody's going to come after me. And then he beats the guy up while tweeting what happened. He live tweeted his beat up against a mugger. That's Don't funny. mug Hedzo Gracie if you're going to mug anybody. <laughs> All right. Do your homework. But I, I, I actually, you know, they say MMA's illegal in New York. He's 2-0 and in the last year. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, so that was crazy. UFC 173 this weekend. Should yeah, we get to that after corner? Or before? Okay, UFC 173, we're going we're gonna to run it down. We're going to run it down. TJ Dillashaw versus Burrell. Oh, man. Yikes. Yikes. Look, I'm, you know, you know where I'm going with this. Let's go. Who I want to win, who I think is going to win, uh, who I want to win. Dillashaw. Dillashaw. Barrow has won 32 he's, fights in a row. He's too much of a beast. He destroys everybody. I mean, but you know what? I gotta say, look, T.J. Dillashaw. If you would have told me T.J. Dillashaw was going to be fighting Barrow when he lost to the Ultimate Fighter in the Ultimate Fighter finale against John Dodson and got knocked out, I would have said, you're high. There's no, I mean, come on. I wouldn't, I would be like, you know, T.J. Dillashaw at that time, I thought was a, a guy who was a mid-level, you know, maybe a, a top, a, a lower top 10 guy. Like a, like you a know, journeyman type dude? Not as, better than a journeyman, a lower top 10 guy. Right. I wouldn't say he's fighting for the title. And he's a guy who proves everyone wrong. He busts his ass. He works his ass. That team alpha male is a bunch of monsters. Uh, sometimes that's what it takes is to get your ass handed to you to like really turn it up. You know what? I don't know. I'm, I'm picking. If I had to pick, I pick Burrell, who I want to win. Dillashaw. I would not be surprised if Dillashaw won. Honestly, I think he's a what three to one, four to one, five are, to one. We are both in agreement on but that one. You know what? If I had to bet, I bet on Dillashaw because I, I would take the odds on that. Stranger things have happened. Uh, Daniel Cormier versus Dan Henderson. Ugh. I love you, Henderson, but it's not going to be a good night for you, buddy. I think that uh, the only way that Cormier loses this fight is if he overlooks him. I don't think he's going to overlook Hendo. I don't think he's been through too much. Yeah, we're, talking too about a, we're talking about a guy whose father was murdered at the age of seven on Thanksgiving dinner. His father was seven when he was murdered? No, he's, yeah, his father was seven. <laughs> We're talking about a, a guy whose daughter uh, passed away in a car accident. We're talking about a guy who's been through hell and, and back, who's, who's hungry, figuratively and literally hungry. Um, <laughs> and we're talking about a guy who's just on a mission to, to beat John Jones. And uh, I, think, I think Hendo's got this. Uh, not Hendo. I think DC's got this. I think, I think, he's, I think he's got it. I do. I think he's got it. I think that uh, Hendo looked... Terrible in his last fight against Shogun. Not terrible, but he was getting the crap beaten out of him for two rounds. I mean, murdered for two rounds. He came back and won it. He's in every fight. I just don't think that uh, DC is going to be uh, careless. Jake Ellenberger versus Robbie Lawler. Jake I think this is the most action Jake's going to get. Uh, <laughs> I got to go with my boy Ellenberger. Ellenberger, 100%. Yeah, and even if he wasn't my boy, uh, even, uh, listen, Jake Ellenberger's going to win this fight. 
He's gonna win this fight. He he's a monster. He's been uh, he's been training his ass off. He's a three to one dog. So bet on Jake. I, I heard if you bet like a hundred bucks on T.J. Dillashaw and Ellenberger, you could win like a, a lot of money. Like I heard it's like some kind of if you if you if you parlay that bet, you could make some money. Um, wow. And uh, I think Jake's gonna pull it off. I think Robbie Lawler is coming off a war. Jake's had a year off. He's trained. He's the most disciplined guy I know. He doesn't party. He doesn't drink. He doesn't do drugs. He's he doesn't a, have sex. Everybody that uh, with other people. Everybody in, in the in the gym talks about what a monster he is. I think Jake's got this. We were just watching like on the TV screen back there that the people that are listening can't see. They were just showing. They were just showing him trained. And was that? Oh yeah, the UFC countdown. They were just showing uh, Ellenberger training, and dude, he's a he is a straight up monster. The guys that give Jake's fits uh, are the guys like um, again, like Rory McDonald. The guys who don't want to really engage and fight give him fits. I don't see a guy a guy like Robbie Lawler yeah, is going to get right in there. He's going to go right be. in there. Although you could say the Martin Campman, I think Jake learned from that fight. I think he learned from Campman. Um, so Jake Ellenberger, uh, Ellenberger. James Krause versus Jamie Varner. Come on, Varner. I'm picking Varner in this fight. Although, you know, you can't take too many shots from Abel Trujillo and expect to have a long career. <laughs> right, right. So it really depends on that. Michael Chiesa versus Trinaldo. Chiesa, I'm picking on, Chiesa. Mikey. I think the syndicate moved to the gym. Plus, I don't know who Trinaldo is. But um, <laughs> so Al Iaquinta versus Mitch Clark. Al. Allie. He's been on our show. Fergus has been on our show. Fine. Now, finally, our last segment before we get to Cormier. Uh, Dana White tweets, right? Uh I think is one of the funniest things. So somebody tweeted, uh, Dana White posted a picture You're an egg. of him and uh, Chuck Liddell. And someone wrote, yeah, you know, uh, Mayweather makes tens of millions and Liddell has only made tens of thousands. To which Dana responded, made tens of millions, fuckface. So uh, that's my... Too, I mean, Liddell has made a lot of money. Yeah, but the, fact that, he, the fact that he's going to say fuckface to somebody is, is brilliant. It is. You got to love Dana. Got to love Dana for that. So our next guest is uh, one of the top women fighters in the world. She's a badass fighter. Uh, she's uh, she's her last fight was one of the best fights I've ever seen in my life. Sarah Kaufman, how are you? I'm doing quite well, thanks. How about yourself? Good. Now, uh, when we called, you actually it was that you're you're at a gym that you you answered the phone to your your own gym or something. What, what are you working at a front desk? What's going on here? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I work full time as the office manager at uh, at the gym that I train at, Zuma Martial Arts. Um, and then I also teach um, our little Bulldogs class, like the three to five group. I teach our kids classes Aww. and then a bunch of women's classes and, and co-ed classes and, and everything throughout the day. So I, I keep myself pretty busy. Nice. That's, I, I, I like that. I like how, you, first of all, that little Bulldogs is hilarious. Three to five, MMA three That's to so five. Cute. How cute is that? That's a class that I want to take. I think I'll, I'll, I'll like do pretty well in that class. <laughs> I'm not even sure. Probably not, actually. Um, I'm 27 and 0 against five-year-olds. By yeah, I would bet on the, well, no, no, you have 27 five-year-olds. That's what, you, That's what I have. That's what I now, um, <laughs> now, now, Sarah Kaufman, your last fight against Leslie Smith was, uh, it was a bang, a shoot 'em up bang fight. You're, it, because I, I actually watched both fights against Leslie. Your first fight against her, which you got knocked down in in the second round, it was pretty close. Now, how how hurt were you, by the way, that, that first fight when she knocked you down with, with that uh, kick? Honestly, not not really that hurt at all. I mean, I, I kind of saw it coming too late, and uh, and I was just a little bit relaxed, and mostly I just I kind of bit off balance and 
turned my chin a bit, you know, ended up on my butt, and then right away I was like, ah, now I'm squished down at the bottom. This sucks. What a dumb idea. You know, make sure she doesn't kick you in the face again because that's stupid. So, uh, you know, I, I really was fine. Um, you have very, very nice. in a bad position and having her trying to, trying to throw some hard ground and pound on me. Um, so I was happy when, uh, when we were able to get back up and then I could lay in some more leather. Oh, nice. Well, you have very nice thoughts. I would have been like, shit. <laughs> that sucked. <laughs> but you're, uh... It didn't hurt that much for the most part. I know, so, I know something like that. It's like, as they say, like, you kind of get touched. You, you don't even feel like you got hit, hit that hard. Like, you know, some toes clipped my face and down I went. And uh, uh, amazing photo that Esther Lynn got where it's like my hands were in the air. I look like a weirdo. My eyes were going all weird. Hilarious. So good. <laughs> that, that's like T-Rex on uh, Tuesday nights. Um, <laughs> tonight. Tonight. Now, uh, but your last fight, you completely dominated Leslie Smith. What do you think was the difference? Uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, I, I was coming off of a good fight as well. And so, so my head was, was pretty focused and, uh, I just didn't let her get the distance that she wanted. I mean, in our first fight, um, you know, the the biggest thing that she landed was, you know, those head kicks. Um, and, and usually it was her toes that were kind of clipping my face over and over again. Like, I'm pretty sure her toe went in my mouth at some point <sighs> in the first fight. And uh, and I hate feet, by the way. So, uh, you know, I just think that I, I distanced it a lot better and I kept the pressure on it and really, really just mixed up some of the combos and uh, was a little bit less predictable. Why do you hate feet? Oh. They're gross. Hello? Oh, sorry. Why do I hate feet? Yeah, yeah. Why do you hate <laughs> I feet so bad? I thought you said something else and I didn't understand. No, it. I said, why do you hate Anyways. feet so bad? Um, I always have. I don't know. I, I, I don't like touching my own feet. I don't like other people touching my feet. Um, I just I just think feet are gross. I mean, who likes feet? They're, they're weird. They... Did uh, her big toe look like a, a, like a liquor store pickle? <laughs> <laughs> my big toe might look like a liquor store pickle. I don't know. Rex Ryan likes feet. He's a coach, oh, yeah, of, the, coach of the Jets. Um <laughs> Now, uh, now, after your fight, you you've been on a tear, calling people out. People people seem to be ignoring you. Uh, you called out Misha Tate, uh, saying you were not very impressed with her during her fight. Correct? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I I wanted the winner of of Liz and Misha, or I want Kat Zingano, and Misha got the win. I actually thought that Liz won the fight, um, not because she beat Misha up, but just based on. Um, based on how fights are scored, you know, I thought that Liz won two rounds to one. Uh, and Misha looked looked like she was super dominant in, in round three. Um, but until that point, she was kind of asleep at the wheel. And so I just wasn't that impressed um, w- with how she fought. And I think she normally fights differently than that. Um, so I was actually surprised. But as soon as she got the win, um, you know, I, I was happy with that. And then afterwards, you know, she's, she's on, you know, on UFC on Fox and a couple other places ha- has said she wants to fight she wants to fight me, um, but then since hasn't really responded and, you know, kind of said, oh, well, you know, I don't want to get into anything. I'm not trying to get anything started, but if you say you want to fight me and I say, come on, let's do it, um, you know, at least respond back saying, yeah, let's, you know, get the UFC on this. So do you think she's, du- do you think she's ducking you? Uh, you know, I definitely think that she's conveniently managed to, to distance herself and, and try to not call attention to the fact that, she said she wants to fight me, and maybe she said that because I had said I wanted to fight her. Um, you know, I don't think she wants to get knocked out, that's for sure. And uh, that's, that's a pretty, pretty high likelihood. Uh, she's going to get hit a lot, at least, uh, if, if I fight her again. So I'm not surprised that she hasn't really, uh, really responded. I love it. Let's just say that she's listening right now. What would you say to her? Misha, you asked for a rematch, you know, before we... 
be fight, you know, you know, three minute little girl rounds. And you said that that was the reason that that you lost the fight. Uh, I'm saying let's just do it for real and and do it in the UFC and get people to watch it. Nice. Uh, what about Brian Caraway? Would you fight him? <laughs> yeah, I have nothing against Brian, to be fair, but. I mean, I guess if they paid me enough, but it's kind of a freak show event, so I'd rather just fight the girls that get me hired to a, a title fight. Now, okay, so you called like, out Misha. I like this of course, Sarah's, Sarah's, Sarah's great. Now, you also called out. Uh, you also t- uh, called out um, Kat Zingano. Is that someone else? Uh, do you think is uh, ducking you as well? I don't think Cap's ducking me at all. I mean, I, honestly, I think Cap's in a position where she's sitting in the number one contender spot. Um, she's gone through a lot this last year, and I can respect that that, that she's been dealing dealing with all of those things, injuries and personal personal life itself. Um, I just think that it would be a great fight, and she's been sitting on the sidelines. You know, my thoughts is if I was a fighter, I probably wouldn't want to jump right into a title fight um, after having been injured and sitting out for over a year. And, you know, Ronda's busy with Alexis Davis, so you know, take another fight and 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 really prove that you're that number one. Spot and 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 then go for the title if you win. But um, I also get how being the number one spot, you might want to just sit out and wait. I guess. Right. Um. I, was, I, I you know I don't know. I don't think she's ducking me by any means, but I do think that it would be uh, a great fight and a really exciting fight. Um, yeah, I, I mean, might, yeah, might lose her number one spot. You know, a couple of things. Now, there's never been a knockout yet in the women's division in the in the UFC. Obviously, in other you know. Titan and other things have been knockouts. Why do you think that is? And do you think you're going to get the first knockout? I hope I get the first knockout. Um, I mean, it's been a while for me since I got a, a really clean knockout, and I would love another one. Uh, you know, I, I think part, partially it's the, the level of people that are fighting. Um, you know, everyone's playing a bit cautious or or, or um, not really wanting to get hit. I mean, a lot of girls don't really like getting hit. A lot of guys don't like getting hit. Um, I'm kind of in the the minority there, but um, wait, you like getting hit? I mean, I, I do. Like, who? Do? So, I like, so like you're, I think, I, so about to say who I think if I went so. into a fight and got a one punch knockout, I'd be super happy. But I'd also secretly kind of be like, oh, I didn't even get hit. Like, I feel like I didn't even fight. So your ideal man, your like ideal man is Chris Brown. <laughs> not not Jay Z in the elevator. Sword, I don't know. Uh, okay, right. I think I, I think you would destroy Chris Brown. By the way, I would put oh, my. Thank you, thank yeah. you. I mean, I hope so. Since I train to fight and he trains to be a jerk, I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> we'll, now, we'll see, but but you all, you know, I, I would love so to knock out for sure. Yeah, but you also train to dance. People don't know that you are you are a trained dancer, correct? I yeah, I was. I, I danced for nineteen years. What? Yeah, you and you were gonna go to med school. And you were a dancer in med school, and then you're like, you know what? I'm going to be a fighter. Now, did you? Did your parents have heart attacks? Did they? Le- did they leave the country? <laughs> uh, I mean, if I have a daughter who, who's a dancer and going to med school, then says, you know what? I want to punch people in the face for a living. I w- I'd probably be a little bit confused. I'd probably be pretty stoked, actually. But what? How did your parents react? Uh, I mean, to be fair, I don't actually really know. I moved out uh, when I was in grade twelve, and have, and kind of done my own thing since then. So I don't know what they think about it um i don't really care what they think about it to be fair um uh. you know i've never never really been that close with my family but um i don't know I, at the same time you have to support you have to support you know your kids your friends your family whoever it is uh if that's something that they're passionate about and that they're committed to um i, I think you want to support them you know if it's something that someone just 
randomly drops everything to be like, you know what, I've never trained, um, you know, I think I'm going to I'm gonna go do this, but I don't even know if I'm going to be good at it. Uh, you know, it's a little bit rough, I think. So wait, so you... um. So you wait, you're not close with your family at all? I mean you kinda you kinda No, I haven't talked to them in years. Oh uh, man. Really? Do you have brothers and sisters? I do. Um I also haven't talked to them in years either. I've I've always been a little bit of a black sheep in my family, so now I uh I just have surrogate families that I that I get along with really well. Uh, that's really sad. I mean I haven't talked to my mom since I was three, it's so that, I could kind of identify. It's not that but... bad. It, it you know, it, it's part of life and um I think, you know, you don't get to choose your family and so once you're of an age where you can make those decisions. Uh, you you really should make those decisions that better your life. And for me, it was being really in- independent and being out on my own. And um, I've loved it. I mean, I've really, really kind of flourished and thrived. So no, I, I, I like it. Yeah, you absolutely have. I'm just saying that if I was a parent and I had you as a daughter, I'd be super proud of, of someone like you. And I'd want to, and you being a former a champion in so many, on so many different levels, I'd want to, you know, celebrate with you. Uh, if, if, if you were my daughter. So that's why it's kind of sad in, on, on, on that level. I, I, don't, I don't know exactly what happened with you and your family, so I can't make judgments. Uh, if you want to tell us, that's great. If not, I respect that yeah, too. On, honestly, there isn't really much to tell. It's, uh, you know, as I say, I was just very different, very independent, um, kind of a different lifestyle. Um, I wanted to be really healthy. You know, they weren't the healthiest growing up, and that's not a reason to, to move out because your your family's overweight. Um, but I think, as I say, um, just lifestyle-wise, I was super stressed. You know, personalities, we kind of clashed a bit. And um, moving out on my own was the right thing to do for me and enabled me to focus on schooling. And then when I decided not to go to school, um, it, you know, it forced me to do well at whatever I was choosing to do because I didn't have a fallback plan to, to go get money from someone. Saying, saying that you were stressed growing up, did, has MMA given you stress relief? Absolutely. I actually didn't realize how kind of uptight I was. Um, and I would still say I'm uptight, but I was more uptight before. You're pretty uptight. Um, <laughs> you know, I think when I first started kickboxing, I just realized uh, how relaxed I felt after class and, and didn't kind of put the two and two together that I was actually really stressed out and, and, and kind of all coiled up. And it definitely gave me a really positive uh, outlet for for just kind of feeling better, both you know emotionally, physically, and it's fun hitting stuff, whether it's people's faces or pads. Uh, it's really enjoyable. Yeah, I, I bet, and uh, and and you're very good at it, uh, which is uh, which is cool. I definitely, uh, you know, I think if I was your boyfriend, I would be uh, very cautious with you because uh, <laughs> you seem like the kind of person that uh, wins a lot of arguments. Now, um, or, or 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 just leaves and never comes back. Now. Um, <laughs> Now I gotta say, uh, what do you think of the whole four horsewomen um, thing that's going on right now between Rhonda and uh, Marina Shafir and um, uh, Jessamine Duke and Shayna Baszler? Do you think that's good for women's MMA? Is it is it becoming too much like pro wrestling? How do you equate with that? Well, what's your feelings on this? I, I don't know if you can say it's good for women's MMA. I mean, I think it's good for uh, you know Shayna and Jessamine. You know, they're getting publicity off of you know, riding Rhonda's coattails a bit. But I also think that Rhonda, um, you know, I, I read an interview where she had kind of said, you know, I was, I was the champ and I was driving home by myself and had no one to talk to. Uh, you know, I think that she's probably pretty lonely and, and doesn't have a lot of people maybe that she can trust or, or, or whatnot. I'm not exactly sure. I'm not in her shoes. I, you know, when I had the title, you know, I had lots of people around me that, that I got along really well with. And so I wasn't really in that boat. Um, 
So I, I think for her, it's probably comforting to have, you know, a couple ladies who support her back. Um, that being said, I don't know. I think I would feel really silly posing in every picture with four fingers up. That's just me. Uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, even just around the gym or, or, or in kind of the MMA community, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, like, enough of this four horsewoman thing. You know, you, you have to kind of fight and do well. Uh, you know, and for Marina, I mean, she's at a heavier weight. She doesn't even get to fight at 135. So maybe it's just something fun they started doing because they like pro wrestling, and then other people kind of picked it up, and now they're just stick, sticking with it. Um, I mean, I thought what Beth did was, or Betch, Betchy, yeah. Betchy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how to say her name. Betch, maybe? I mean, <laughs> I actually didn't even realize what she was doing until, you know, Shayna got all upset about it and, oh, you know, it's disrespectful. I mean, it's not disrespectful. You know, she said thank you. She's, you know, hyping her next fight, four down, you know, one down, three to go. I mean, that that's fighting. And if anything, that's that's what, you know, they're trying to go for, the whole WWE kind of yeah. pro wrestling, you know, we're a team. I mean, that's pretty much what they do in wrestling, you know. My my, my ex, my, fight, my this so. girl I was dating got very upset because like I was paying homage to them. And I put four fingers in her, and uh, and she my got she got God. she got really upset with that. Hello, hello. It was a it was a joke. It was a joke. Come on, I'm a comedian. Hello, hello. Is this is uh, this thing on? All right. So um, I have to say, uh, Sarah. Yes. Yes. Okay. So. Uh, your your Twitter exchanges with um, Jessica I are, are very entertaining. Uh, I we at the show we're fans of Jessica I we're fans of you as well. So we're not picking sides. But is this going to continue to go on forever? Is this ever going to end? I mean, I don't know. Someone else brought it up. I mean, I don't even know who started it. There's some egg on Twitter, and and they started something. <laughs> that, You're an egg. You know, they, they tweeted her. And then she responded to it, which made me respond. So I'm like, well, if you're going to start this, you know, I'll just put up something quick. And then she just lost her shit. And, um, you know, it's funny. It's really entertaining. I mean, sometimes I don't even understand how much she tweets. I don't understand what she's saying. Like, I, I need someone to decipher it for me and actually point out that she's trying to insult me because she's using, like, words that don't exist or or that are in the entirely wrong context, but it's funny. Right, right. Okay, all right. So it's it's more just a c- kind of fun for you now. I mean, do you want to rematch with her? Uh, honestly, I said I'd, I'd rematch her, like, the next day. I mean, I I know that I won the fight. Um, I know it's a no contest, so it's not on our records either way. Um, but definitely, you know, once she gets a win, um, you know, I, I think that that fight will happen, and when it does happen, there's going to be a lot of kind of so some heated exchanges I'm sure that are going to be said and fans are going to be on her side or my side or whatever they want to be. Um, but, but there's going to be some good hype behind, uh, our rematch when it happens. It will. It was a very good fight. The first fight was very good. You know, you're, you're never in a boring fight. You're never in a boring fight. And yeah, uh, I don't want to be in a boring fight cause I get bored. If I'm in a boring <laughs> fight. I'm bored. Well, Sarah, uh, you were you were very feisty today, which I like this new Sarah Kaufman. I like I, it too. I gotta say, the first time we talked, it was kind of depressing, but uh, but now <laughs> I love the way you keep it real. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm just okay. kidding. I'm just joking. You're you're a whole different Sarah Kaufman. I, I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Uh, I, we love having you on the show. Thank you. I, I know that you was, you said no more. No, no. I can't ask you about, about boys anymore. So I'm not making. <laughs> I'm not asking any about boys. Uh, How about men? Or or or, or men? No. Oh. But uh. <laughs> But thank you for coming on the show. No, thanks for having me. It's been oh, great. And where can people find you? 
Uh, people can find me on Twitter, at uh, MMA Sarah. Um, also on Facebook, you know, I have my fan page. And then uh, I do have a website as well, which I should update more often than I do, but I have an email there that people can, can hit me up on and uh, I can answer any questions they have. Or if they want to hate me, they can send me a message saying they hate me. That's that's a right too. I'm kind of getting used to it. No, fuck that. No, no one. Nobody should hate. <laughs> nobody should hate you. Nothing that you did. I to hope it. not. Canadians, we are nice, even yeah. if we say say nasty things. We're still nice. I'm I'm half Canadian, so I. Uh... Oh, see, that's why that's why I kind of like you. I half like you. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> You're Canadian. Yes. Well, uh, take care and uh, have a great uh, have a great day. Thanks, you too, guys. Thanks, Sarah. Bye. Bye. All right, that was Sarah Kaufman. She's a sweetheart, man. She's kind of her personality is cute to me. It is, reason. it is, right? I yeah. could tell that you were like uh, getting a. She's a she's a little cutie pie. She's tough, man. A little cutie. That girl could fight. Hell yeah, that girl can fight. That's the worst. Like she says that uh, fighting is a stress relief. Could you imagine if you were dating her and she comes home and she's like, "I'm so stressed." And, like no. you just start packing your stuff and getting the hell out. Jump of the out house. the window. <laughs> <laughs> Screw that, man. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Carl at Sunfair, who keeps us fed and healthy. How's it going, Carl? Hey, it's it's <laughs> it's going well. It's going well. We're working hard right now with with Jake Ellenberger. We just we just shipped him some food off today to take to Vegas. Nice. And uh, and Mark Munoz, he's right on track too. Last count, he was two oh nine, uh, getting ready to get down to one eighty five. Really. Nice. So he's a, he's a two on nine. So he has to lose what fifteen? What is that? Uh, Twenty four pounds. Twenty four pounds. Yeah. And and, and how, what? One week? Two weeks? It, in two weeks. It's it's a process. I'm working with um with his nutritionist. His nutritionist name is Sam, and he's he's got him going just a methodical process. We started uh, right now. We're at seventeen hundred fifty calories. We dropped him down hundred calories on Monday. That's going to take us to Friday. We're going to do another drop, and then and then we'll ship food uh, with him. Uh, we'll ship food to take for him to take with him. Now let's say I'm not a professional athlete because i know a lot of, you're a lot of, not, not, you're not a professional i'm not let's say i'm not no but let's just say that, uh, to the people out, out there uh there are people out there that like okay a guy like jake ellenberger or mark you know there's only so many guys that you could that you could sponsor that are athletes but let's say i'm just like you know i'm a guy i, I train you know I go to the gym three or four days a week i you know i'll take a class here and there how can this help me well, that's the great thing about it. We've got a price point at thirty nine ninety five a day that, that's affordable for everybody. So we can give you the same type of nutrition, sixteen to eighteen hundred calories for men, twelve to fourteen hundred calories for women. It's made fresh daily. It's delivered to your home, and it's reasonably priced. So it's going to be it's going to be clean, healthy, fresh food that's delivered right to your doorstep in the middle of the night. Because you so, get like three three full meals plus snacks for that, right? Yeah, plus two snacks. Like we get. We get. Uh, yeah, you I know. see Jake bringing some of those snacks in here, and those snacks look amazing. Oh, they're great! Yeah, he's just there eating in front of us sometimes, and I'm like, "No, forty bucks a day. Them. Do I have to pay for the uh, delivery?" No, delivery's included. You know, some of the snacks are, are cauliflower rice. There's uh, mixed berry bowls in there, which I had that before. That was delicious. Yeah, they're very good, and, and it's just it's really fresh. It's, we get the best food. We get the best quality of food. A lot, of, a lot times, of it's organic. A lot of times I eat healthy, and then I fart all day, or I like <laughs> I like stink. I, I like smell. You know, I'll have oatmeal in the morning and. No one wants to be around me. I have to, I mean, but your food, has that happened? To, honestly, I eat your food. I don't fart at all. Is there, I mean, what, how come, how come, how come I eat your healthy food and don't stink? Well, you're the, all class, uh, Adam. You're I'm all telling class. you. The key is you're getting fiber rich fruits and vegetables. You're getting, you're getting chemical and hormone free meat and chicken, you know, fresh fish, that salmon that you just ate, the herb grilled salmon that, that was brought in fresh. So, uh, it, you know, it's, no, I that's had a girl one time quality. that was uh, she 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 took care of me, let's say. And she was like, wow, you, you taste great. And I was like, 
and I, I was like, "That's that's Sunfair." Uh, that's, that's what I, I told her. I sold Sunfair, and she was like, "Those fresh pineapples." I'm, yes, I'm telling you. So that's that's a great quality to have. Yeah, I'm telling you. So so guys, pick up Sunfair. Uh, not only will you get healthy and ripped. But uh, girl, your girlfriend will be happy. And girls love it, too. And girls love it, too. By the way, Carl, where can people find you? Uh, you can find us a couple of places. You can go to sunfair.com, at sunfair on Twitter. You can Facebook. I'm Carl at sunfair.com. If you want to email me direct, I'll get you information. I'll, I'll, I'll get you pricing and, and just take care of people. Um, you can call us, 323-780-0888 or 1-866-SUNFAIR. Well, thank you, Carl. Thank you for everything. Thank you. All right, so our next guest is got a huge fight coming up against Dan Henderson this weekend. Uh, if he wins, he gets the, he gets the title shot. Yeah. Personally, I think he's the next 205 champion. He uh, is. I can guarantee it. And uh, he's one of my favorite people. Uh, honestly, I said that about a lot of fighters. I, I like I like lie about most of them, but this guy <laughs> is honestly one of my favorite people. Daniel Cormier, how are you, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. How you boys doing? We're doing great. So you're what? You're forty. You're like four hey, days hey, out. Todd, yeah. Todd, 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 Todd. Lonely flower above. <laughs> All right, that was the gayest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Thanks, guys. It's, uh... hey, Adam Todd's my lotus flower bomb. <laughs> you're, you're his lotus flower bud? What is that? Lotus flower yeah, yeah. bomb. You know that song, Lotus? It's a long story. But... <laughs> yeah, it's a long story. It's something we've been doing for years. It never gets old. Uh, well, obviously not. So, uh, so how are you, man? So, so you, you wait. So you're, what? You're four days out of the, of, of the, probably the biggest fight of your life. How are you feeling? I feel pretty good, man. Just kind of laying around now. You know, my kids are sleeping. That's why I'm being quiet. You know, you, you know, if you have kids that you can't really be too loud because you wake them up in the middle of a nap. It's like waking up a sleepwalking person like on Step Brothers. Dude, his, you don't want to do that. His son looks exactly like him. He's 280 pounds? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> really? He's a big, he's a big ass little kid. Oh, <laughs> like, he looks exactly yeah, like boy. his dad. Nice. How, how, how old is your son? My son is three now, man. He's uh, he's he's three. He turned three in February. My daughter turned two in March. So we had two kids, in uh, thirteen months was fast. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, congratulations, man. I mean, you are you are a uh, you're a role model, man. You can't say that many people. You're you're a legitimate role model. Now, um, thank you, man. I appreciate that. No worries, nice. man. Now, how much now? How much do you, do you uh, weigh right now? Uh, this morning I was two seventeen, so I'm like eleven pounds overweight. Wow. Over uh, two oh six, you know. So I, I'm I'm in good position. How did you now? How did now? I I like no. I I know from people that like have hung out with you. When you eat, you eat for like <laughs> for like nine people. It's like the le- <laughs> it's like the Last Supper. Every everything. How did you manage to to get your weight down? I mean, you know, it, I want to be a champion, man. And you know, as much as I love eating, because I mean, I can sit. And, you know, Todd's been there with me before. Where I've when they when Todd and Todd and Sarah were sponsored, you know, they they we'd go to dinner and I I'd rub the bill by myself. No. He's not lying. My desire to my desire to be the champion is greater than, than anything else. You know, I mean I wanna be the champion. I knew that it was this is my opportunity and I had to change some things, you know. So I, I you know, I got a nutrition sponsor, Nutri. They they take care of all my supplemental needs and all my uh my protein and all my, my stuff like that and I, I just eat a lot cleaner, man. I you know, I'm eating stuff this week that has nothing in it, bro. They take the chicken. I even ordered it last time at the Mandalay Bay. I said, 
give me a chicken breast with some carrots and rice. And they said, okay, uh, the chicken breast was like a uh, some sort of seasoning on it. I said, I don't need that seasoning. They said, well, what do you want on it? I go, nothing. Take it out of the packet, put it right on the uh, grill and cook it just like that. Just send it up to my room and send some lemon because I can squeeze lemon on my chicken. I get no salt. I get nothing. It's killing me. Oh, now I mean, could, now I I remember you saying that you're gonna beat you're gonna beat uh, Hendo because you're hungrier. Are you literally hungrier, <laughs> or are you just hungrier? I, I was literally hung, I'm more hungry than he is. Yesterday, Hendo and I were in LA. That dude weighed two hundred and three pounds. Two hundred three pounds. Did you try to eat him? <laughs> I will on Saturday night. Nice. Oh. Now uh, we I, I, we have a question from the underground from uh, from t- from Team Quest North, who's obviously the guy who probably trains with Hendo. Uh, he's actually he's a big fan of the show, but he said he wants to know if you plan on standing with Hendo or or just taking the boring route of lay and pray and wall and stall. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm gonna fight wherever I feel comfortable. If it's better to take him down, I'll take him down. But am I afraid to stand with Dan Henderson? Not 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 one bit. I mean. I can box and, and kickbox with anybody in mixed martial arts. So uh, every fight starts standing. You know, the, if anybody has a chance to stay on their feet, it's Dan Henderson, right? He's an Olympian just as I am. So uh, if Dan can stop me from taking him taking him down, then then I guess the fight's gonna play out on its feet. I'm not afraid to stand with him though. But he was so, an, he was an Olympian uh, back in uh, Sparta. <laughs> no. <laughs> But don't you think and I'm, that's but, why you're and, 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 and Adam, that's why you're on the late night talk show because yeah. you're funny. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Thank you. No, no, but don't you think that uh with, with Hendo that his uh his one chance of beating you is landing that overhand right and you know that if you win this fight, you get to fight John Jones next. So aren't you kinda of tempted a little bit to just kinda of just all right, let's just grind this out. If it's boring, it's boring. Let's just win this fight. <laughs> I got to win the fight. I mean, regardless of how the fight looks, you know, I, I say this with, with, with as much respect as I, I can because I respect Dan so much, but Dan Henderson can't beat me over the course of a 15 minute fight. I can, um, Dan Henderson won't submit me, but I can submit Dan Henderson. Dan Henderson has a chance to win this fight and it's by knocking me out. If he doesn't do that, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like he can beat me. And I say that with as much respect as I can have for him. Yeah, I know. That's I mean, that's the thing. He has that that that, that old man strength. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he has like that grandpa man strength. But uh, I, you know, it's gonna be. I I can't wait. I I I can't wait. And I've been saying this since the beginning of the show. I think that you're the guy to beat John Jones. Uh, I think that you match. I, it too. I think that you match up best with him. I I think that uh, especially at 205. I, I look at your record. I mean, you've been. You know, you knocked out Bigfoot Silva. I don't think John Jones could knock out Bigfoot Silva. I mean, granted, maybe anyone could knock out anybody with the right punch, but you straight up knocked yeah. out. Now, do you worry, though, that, that your power left with your gut? No, no. <laughs> I think I've gotten, I think I hit harder now because I'm faster. Um, my speed and technique, that all that all brings power. You know, it's not just, well, I punch hard. It's speed and technique, you know, that equals power, too, so... I think I'm actually hitting harder now than I even did as I was bigger because I'm hitting people more often. Uh, I'm able to keep a higher pace longer. I just do a lot of things better at this weight, you know, and, and it's, it's, uh, it feels good, man. I, I do things a lot better at this weight. You're right. But you're right. I don't think John could knock these guys out. Like, but um, there are a lot of guys, you know, that I'm not sure they could beat the same guys that I beat. 
And I'm not sure they could beat him in the way that I beat him. And no, that's how you look at matchups, you know? Yeah, I, I don't see John Jones beating uh, uh, Josh Barnett. I don't, I don't even know if I see him beating Frank Mir. I mean... Uh, and, and these those are guys that you manhandled. Dude, you the your destruction of Josh Barnett was ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, that, was probably, that that is my that is my greatest fight to date because he's so good. He brought out the best in me. He made me fight at a level that I never even knew I could fight actually. And I think that's going to happen on Saturday too. I think you're going to see the best version of me on Saturday because I just respect Dan so much and I think so highly of him. It feels like the Barnett fight. It feels like the fight that's just going to make me fight better than, than, than I ever have in my life. Now, after you beat Pat Cummings, did you order a coffee? I, you know, I was kind of making jokes even leading up to the fight because he was talking so much. But I'm not a big coffee drinker, man. I think I had my fill on February 22nd. You know, I think I, I know, reached out to the backyard, took care of him. I, I know this to Pat Cummings because I, 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 I uh, know Pat Cummings. I, he used to hang out at, at, at Mayhem's house. They were roommates. And I was friends with Mayhem, and I would see Pat Cummings all the time. And I liked Pat Cummings, but he w- you were right. He was in over his head. You, you can't just walk yeah. into a fight with Daniel Cormier. I give him respect. I get, the guy's got more balls than anybody I've ever seen in my life. I mean, the fact that he was willing mm. to never have, to have four fights or five fights and to walk into a fight with you on a week notice, the, the, I mean, shit. Uh, there's not many people that can do that. So, he just, he just didn't know. want to put on he that apron respect. anymore. He deserves respect. He deserves respect, but you know what else he did? Well, he actually got exposure at a level that most people don't ever get in the UFC. A lot of guys, you're 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 lucky if you, you get to fight on the main event of, of Fox Sports One. He got to fight in the co-main event of a big pay-per-view, you know. So he he yeah. he got he reached levels that most guys won't ever see, you know. And and uh, he also got his contract. You know, he has another fight. I, I think that's gonna be okay. You know, it just he was an overhead man. I mean, when he walked out of that tunnel, he had to he had to be thinking like, "Holy shit." <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this is real. Like, you know, he's like, holy cow, you know, holy cow, 13,000 people in here. And uh, that's when it hits you. All the interviews, all the other stuff, it all wears on you, man, right as you're walking into the cage. I said it time and time again, Adam Todd. I said, I've done this. I've walked this walk. I've done this dance before. He hasn't. This is going to be new to him. I've been doing this since the Olympics. You know, he never really did that. So I mean, honestly, really I, on, a, on a very, very smaller scale of, it's like kind of with comedy with me and Todd. It's like you get these guys. Oh, I could I could be funny. I could be funny. And then you put them up in front of a crowd, and it's it's not the same. It's not it's not the same as making your four friends laugh, right? And uh, you know the back of a car. It's just it's not the same. It exactly. might you might get lucky once or twice, but you can't do it over. It's it's a skill. And Pat Cummings might be oh, everyone that was tra- people were picking Pat Cummings. People that train with Pat Cummings were picking him. Uh, and I, uh, Ell- Jake Ellenberger said he had a shot of beating you. So, so I was like, I guess everyone has technically has a shot. But I, I was like, holy shit, maybe this guy is for real. But then it just, it just made no sense. I mean, after, all, you know, all the hype behind people you know, saying that people are refusing to fight this guy. Like, how many fights did people back out of with him? Like 20 fights? Yeah. Whatever it was. Yeah. And so everybody was like, "Damn, this guy must be a beast." Well, all these people are backing out of fights. He's not fighting. <laughs> yeah, right. What, what now? Now, what did you say to him afterwards? Get me Nothing. a coffee. Nothing. My latte. Nothing. I have not spoken a word to him since uh, since the fight. Right. I haven't spoken a word to him, man. It's just we we, we haven't had a chance to, to be around each other. I have the opportunity to talk to either. You know, it's not due to some ill will. It's just because that, the opportunity really hasn't been there. I tell you one thing though: when I was getting ready for Henderson. 
and I needed partners, I actually reached out to his manager and said, hey, could Patrick Cummins come up and train with me? Because I needed bodies. You just and wanted, I, I you just wanted to make him cry. No. And what did they say? He, <laughs> they, they said, sorry, he, he has a uh, shift. How from I feel about someone. If they are going to help me prepare, I'll use them. How come Pat Cummings didn't come? He had an order at a. He, <laughs> he said he had his own. He had his own thing going on. You know, he had his own fight, and he was getting ready for his fight, and just didn't want to leave his training camp, which, which is fine. But it, I, you know, I would have probably preferred him. I'd have said, "Hey, I get a chance to work out with this guy. Why not? You know, much. It's probably better than what I'm getting. You know, here or something different at least. You know, so yeah, absolutely. It was. Uh, it was it was kind of it was kind of weird, but you know maybe he just wasn't ready to move past everything and and, and start training together. Yeah, we well, did screw him up. Although he did land a couple of punches on you, I have to say he did land some. And, mm-hmm. and you said that his speed—he was the fastest guy you ever, you, you've ever fought. Yeah, he was moving faster than because I was so used to heavyweights, you know. And at heavyweight, it was like they're just extremely slow. So even if uh, Pat was like, if he wasn't like the fastest two or five pounder. He was much faster than the heavyweights. Much, much faster. So, uh, a couple other things. It, um, it didn't hurt, though. It didn't hurt, though. <laughs> now, uh, I know I know that you've been very vocal uh, since the incident we're not allowed to talk about when, when, when you got into John Jones's face because he snubbed T-Rex. Uh, we're not going to discuss that, but that, that was awesome. Uh, now, <laughs> now, I know that you said that you want to serve John Jones some humble pie, which is crazy because you're giving up some of your food. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know he means it. Yeah, that's how he means it. Now is that now is that on your mind at all? Are, are you are you still thinking about John Jones? Are you are, are you are you the kind of guy that does not think about the person past the guy you're fighting, or you're that confident no. you could you could think of him too? No, no, no. I'm not thinking about John Jones right now. The only time John crosses my mind is when people ask questions about him. You know, I I'm focused on Dan Henderson, especially this week. You know, if nobody asked a question about Jones all week, I would never say his name. He doesn't go across my thoughts or anything. You know, I'm, my focus is Dan Henderson, man. I've got to get through this guy. Uh, and if I don't, everything that I hope and dream for, you know, that Jones has, it, I never even get the opportunity to pursue it. It's gone. So I think we saw that with uh, Phil Davis. Uh, with Phil, you know, like Phil was so wanting to beat John. He got so worked up that he ended up losing to a guy that, you know, we all thought he could beat. Yeah, another guy that you all, we all thought, I thought that King Mo was going to beat Rampage last week. I still think he won that fight. It was closer he than did. I thought. Yeah, he did. I mean, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Man, I thought he won the fight. You know what I mean? You know, you know, uh, he scored, he, you know, third round, he secured the takedown. He had top position for more than half of the round. And even when they were punching each other, they were kind of almost like, it's not like, it's not like Clinton was hitting them three, four times in a row no responses for Mo, you know, like maybe Mo wasn't hitting them with the same sort of power, but they were just kind of trading shots, like Quinn would land a, land a punch and Mo would land a jab or something, and it was all like one for one, you know, so the most the most uh, effective thing that happened in the round was him taking them down and actually controlling them on the ground. You got to remember, a guy doesn't want to lay on his back in the round for two and a half minutes. He wants to get up. You're not allowing him to, so... I thought he won that fight. It was pretty easy to call, actually. Didn't you? Uh, didn't you tell me at one point that that Mo in practice like hit you in the face, and you said it felt like his knuckle came through the glove? That was a punch. He yeah. hits so hard. I guess uh, he hits hard, man. Yeah. You know that that uh, he hits really really hard. One time, I yeah, he punched me, and I felt like his knuckle came through the glove in practice. <laughs> I feel like with, I feel like with King Mo, it's a it's a matter of you know he's one of those guys. I think also with Chael. 
There are certain guys that are so good in practice, and they, and they show it in some fights. They don't show it in all their fights, but the guys who train with them know how good they can be, which is why they get yeah. probably the most frustrated. Because I know that people who train with Chael say that he's a, they were picking him over John, over John Jones because they're like, you know, Chael mm-hmm. beasts out in practice. He destroys everybody. Oh, yeah, consistency, too. It's like consistency, you know. You, know, you see guys just, 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 you know, they'll look like war beaters in one fight, and the next fight they're not as, as dominant or, you know, they don't seem as good. You know, and if, if there's anything that I think – Jones should be most proud of, what I'm most proud of, and, you know, um, guys like, uh, uh, you know, guys that have fought at the top of the sport for a long time, it's just being so consistent. Jones, he, he barely ever loses any fashion of every fight, any fight. Anderson was like that for a long time. GSP. Even, you know, John Fitch, when John Fitch was number two behind GSP, he never lost any, he wasn't losing any areas in any fight, so it's like, those are the guys that you kind of look to be like, and that's what I'm most proud of about my career. You know, I just just being so consistent over the course of 14 fights so far. Yeah, no, that, I think somebody did. A, I think it was Kevin Ioli did an article about you, saying that you were probably the most perfect fighter, based on you know shots taken versus shots received and uh, takedowns and. Hundred uh, percent takedown mm-hmm. defense. Just, if I'm just, correct. Just don't let it get to your head, man. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not getting to my head. It's something I strive to keep going. You know, like. Those things actually mean something to me. Like I like knowing that nobody's taking me down. I like that I don't get hit very much. I like that I win every round that I fight. You know, so yeah, that means something to me. I gotta That's ask awesome, you. Man. I gotta ask you. Uh, that is awesome. I, I was watching your your college match against Kale Sanderson for like the third time actually. Uh, and people don't know Kale Sanderson. He was 159 and 0 in college. Jesus. He was the, considered the best wrestler of all time. That is ridiculous. <laughs> Along with Dan Gable, uh, it's a you know neck and neck. Who was the best? Some people say Kale. You were down five to two in the in the, in the third period. You're down five to two, yeah. uh, which is which in itself is an amazing feat. You you take him down. It's now five to four with a minute left. Now you 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 in wrestling you can cut a guy, which means you let you like let him up. He gets one point, then you would then try to take him down. It'd be six to six at that point. You cut him, but it was kind of a lazy cut or something happened where you, he went he got you with the takedown, and it was so sad. And so sad. Now, what what goes through your head the rest of that time? How how much do you relive that? How much do you replay that? What what what, what, what talk, talk to me about that? It was just sad, man. It was like the opportunity of a lifetime. I just pretty much gave it away. I mean, I'm not saying I would have beaten him, but I would have given myself a chance to actually be in the match. And I I was lazy. You know, I tried to let him go on the edge and kill. Never stop wrestling. That was that's what made him so special. Even when we wrestled in practice afterwards. Uh, he would he would never stop wrestling. Every moment in the match, he was looking at the score, and and uh, I did I did that. You know, I I think back on it at times, but more than anything, I think the experience of Kel Sanderson is is knowing that all year for two years I prepared to be the best that there was, and I think that's going to come into play later in my career when I fight uh, Jones because people think Jones is, is like that that guy that's unbeatable. And uh, I prepared for that guy for two years when I was a 20-year-old kid. Uh, that, that'll help me, you know, as I prepare for this guy. The situation won't be new to me, you know, fighting a uphill battle, you know. So uh, more than anything, I took the positive from that. Like, I've done this before. I've gone up against a guy that's supposed to be unbeaten, and I've taken him to task, you know. So when it's me and Jones, uh, I, I will. it won't be brand new. You know, when he walks into the cage, he won't look bigger. You know, he won't look like 
man, this is, you know, this is John Jones. You know, it'll be like, I've done this time and time again and lost and didn't accomplish what I, I wanted to accomplish. And every single time I trained harder and made myself better. So I applied it to my mixed martial arts career. No, it was, I mean, honestly, and it shows because that you could have went either way. You could have been like that guy, Ray Finkel. And uh, from uh, Ace Ventura, and, and that's all you think about. And, and then, like you know, you have like a, you know, Kale Sanderson laces out, you know, things in your. So it, it, it shows, man. It, it shows what kind of a man you are, dude. And uh, honestly, yeah, I, I had to ask you about. It. I, I I debated whether I should I should bring this up because I'm like I don't want to. What if I get into his head now? That's what he's thinking about. And against Stan Henderson, I actually was like didn't want to, but I had to know. I had I, I I had to, and I had to, you know. It was one of those things where I'm like, holy shit, man, this guy must have lived with this for, for a long time. And the fact, that, the fact that you're able to do what you do. Now, we got to ask you a couple of questions. So uh, against, mm-hmm. against uh, Cain Velasquez, how's he doing? How's his training? Are you still training with him? What's going on there? He's doing good. You know, he just got cleared by the doctors to train. Now he's down in Vegas now, uh, coaching tough Latin America against Fabricio Verdun. So uh, he's been gone for the last week, but... Yeah, King's doing great, man. King filmed a big movie called uh, Term Life with Vince Vaughn and uh, the guy from uh, Big Love and Mike Epps and a whole bunch of other people, you know, uh, Bill Paxton. So he filmed a big movie down in Atlanta when he was hurt, and then now he's down in Vegas uh, coaching the show. So yeah, he's busy, you know, so I'm going to see him uh, next week, and uh, he'll be at the fight, you know. So I know uh, you're going to be coaching good. as well? I'm going to go and, and help a little bit as I can. You know, I, I just have a lot of responsibility now. I can't stay for seven weeks to help coach, but I'll go in and out as much as I can and try and help. You know, it's, it's a team thing. You know, a lot of times when these guys get these shows, uh, it's, it's, it's those guys, but um, a lot of it also falls on his team because team's opportunity to show how they're developing champions out of their gym, you know. So at least that's the approach we take at AK. You know, we did it with Koscheck and, and now we're doing it with Kane. Like, Lockhold's down there with him now for the last two weeks. And then, uh, you know, I'm going to uh, pop in, and Josh Thompson's going to pop in. So you try to use all your tools to try and help the team be successful. Now, uh, are you going to be surprised if you look across from Dan Hendo during the fight and he's drinking prune juice? <laughs> I'd be very surprised. Dan's a young 42-year-old man. You know, 40s in his 20s. He's like a baby. Okay, that was, just, that was a question. I was, I was just sponsored dying. by Depends. That's I one was, of his new sponsors. Yes. Right? Oh my God, you guys are horrible. Yeah, you uh, guys are terrible. I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm happy that you lost the weight though, because otherwise you have to watch out for the right hand as well as, uh, uh, what's it called again? When you have too much sugar, you uh, <laughs> diabetes. Diabetes. Uh, I screwed up the joke. <laughs> I screwed up my own joke. Sorry, I, I couldn't think of the word diabetes. I got nervous, man. I fucking choked. I choked. Now, all right. <laughs> No, no. We do have a question though from uh, from Cali Kush on the underground. He wants to hear Khabib's training stories from Cormier. Does, How Khabib train? Yeah, does Khabib he's bring it? Does he bring in a bear? No, he doesn't. He, no. Uh, he just, that dude's a that dude's a machine, bro. Like he works harder than just about anybody I've ever seen. Honestly, he just he tries. To, he tries. To, you know, he's, his English is getting better, and he tries to keep up with the jokes, but. <laughs> He usually gets mad at us because we, you know, we're we're kind of, we're American, man. We make some pretty inappropriate jokes, and they don't do that in Russia. So, Khabib fits in. He's just like he wants to work hard. 
He doesn't like all the merrymaking. He said that there's a lot of merrymaking when I'm around. What's a merrymaking? What does that mean? Everybody laughing at his expense. Laughing and joking. Wait, so what kind of jokes do you guys do about uh, towards Khabib? We don't. There's just things that we say, you know, like, like, uh, you know, like if you're, if, if you're, uh, if you're, uh, if, if you're being a son of a bitch, I'll be like, Adam, my God, you're a son of a bitch. Well, they don't say stuff like that in Russia. They say that. It's almost like talking about his mom, I guess. <laughs> a lot of times we overstep the lines of Khabib just due to lack of, of uh, Although he thinks he's barrier. really a son of a bitch. Oh, man, he gets upset about that. Gotcha. <laughs> well, he gets, right, he gets right in your face, too. He's not fucking a person. Bro, bro, what do you mean this? Why? Why do you say this about my mother, why bro? Do you say? He's like, why? Why do you say this? Like, we are all brothers. <laughs> <laughs> like Khabib, just calm down. Dude. We're fucking joking. Like, what's your ass? That's great. That's great, man. Yeah, you get. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, man. He, but he works hard. Uh, he's a, he's a future champion, man. I, I mean, that that dude is. He's big. He's strong. He's got great cardio. He can wrestle. His grappling's on point. He doesn't. He doesn't miss any round of any anything. You know. So, uh, we love having him. We've having we've had him for over a year now, and and uh, obviously he's undefeated. Like twenty three and zero. It's insane. Jesus. Do you, uh, you spar with him often? No, not very much. He's, he's small, you know. But we do stuff in the uh, we do stuff in the uh, red room where it's just like really light. We don't. We've never sparred hard, you know. But him and I spar in the red room where it's real light, and I try to hit him. You know, I try to jab him because if I can jab him a few times, I make fun of him, and he has to move his head, you know. So, right. uh, yeah, I, you know, we try to help him, man. He's he's a good fighter, and he works hard, so. Anytime we get people like that, that the young guys that work hard, they're committed. We all try to give them as much advice and as, try, as much help as we can. How's uh, how's uh, Gray Maynard doing? He's doing pretty good, man. Gray hasn't been there for a while. You know, since his last fight, uh, Gray had built a new house in Santa Cruz, and he's been training out in Vegas. I think he's been training out in Arizona with Power MMA. Uh, so he's been kind of moving around a little bit. We, we see him on wrestling days at times. But uh, that's pretty much it. He hasn't been around as much as uh, he used to be. Yeah, I mean, there's a guy, a perfect example of what I was trying to say before, of a guy who I heard in practice is just a beast, and then, you know, uh, his last couple fights hasn't really kind of, it, it, it hasn't gone the way he he, he, he would like it. Um, I think the break that Gray's taken now is going to help him a lot because it'll take, give him some time to recover and uh, just, just reassess how he wants to approach his fights, you know. Yeah, that'll be good for him. Your whole team, man. I mean, your whole team is really—it's uh, quite a team over there. I mean, between, between Maynard, yeah. and, uh, I mean, with, between you and uh, uh, Kane, and then Josh Thompson. How's uh? What do you think about Josh's chances of uh, getting a title? It'll be good, man. You know, he's, he's got that fight against Michael Johnson in, in July, which uh, which I, which I think should just put him right back in the mix. You know, because his fight with Benson was so controversial. Not like he lost a clear cut decision. Josh broke his hand in the first round of that fight. He lost it a split decision to a guy that held the belt for two years. So that just goes to show you how close Josh is to the best guy in the weight division. Dude's a stud, man. For a long time, he's been a stud, too. Yeah. yeah. His fight against Melendez, the same night that you fought Barnett, was incredible, too. Nuts. Every time. Him and Gil Melendez, no matter how many times they fight, they'll give you gold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Josh came to one of my shows. He's cool as hell. Oh, yeah, but we... he's, he's definitely the man. Like, when Josh enters a room, you know he's in the room. Right. He's just like, he's the... A very alpha male guy, you know. He's just like that yeah, dude. Yeah, he takes over. A- absolutely, he takes over. <laughs> he's a good dude. Well, listen, uh, DC man, uh, all of luck to you, man. Best of luck to you. I really, really hope you win. 
I'm going to be rooting for you, and uh, I, I, I really think you're going to get the belt, man. I, he is. I, I, I do. I, I don't, stake my reputation on it. There's Not only that two that people anything. that I've been more confident with you. and Chris, I, told, I told Dana White Chris Weidman was going to be champion way before he was champion. I was right about that, and I'm telling you, you're going to be the guy. You're going to beat Henderson. You're then going to beat um, Jones. John Jones. Then, you're gonna, then you and Kane are going to have some kind of weird rivalry. You're going to fight. And then, it's gonna be, then you're going to beat Kane. You're going to be the heavyweight champion and the 205 <laughs> champion, and then down to 185. Mark, mark my words on this. He's going to beat Hendo. Then they're going to set up the fight with John Jones, and something's going to happen where John Jones has to push the fight out again. Really? I guarantee yeah. that's going to happen. He's going to get an injury or something's going to happen where he's like, he can't You better be careful before John gets after your ass again. Man, I don't care. I'll dig in his ribs with these right hooks. People are a lot of, <laughs> it's like I said, people are jumping off the bandwagon because Jones is, is uh, driving it. And, um, <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, yeah, by the way, okay, so, uh, anyway, that's, that's the show. Daniel uh, Cormier, man, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, oh, hey, Daniel, I got one more bone to pick with you before we hang up. All right, bro. What's up? You always say that when you come to town, we're gonna do dinner or, or hang out, right? Last mm-hmm. time, last time you, uh, you gave me a call a half hour before you wanted me to meet you in like Marina Del Rey. You're like, "Hey, man, meet me at Fogo de Chao in 30 minutes." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, really? In a half I hour? I gotta give you some. I've gotta give you some advance warning, bro. I mean, I'm just not the best planner. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in a half hour. I'm not very good at planning, bro. Like seriously. Maybe in a half hour, sixty miles from your house in traffic. Oh man. <laughs> I'll give you. About, I'll give you about forty-five minutes to an hour next time. Okay. I appreciate that, man. You're the best. And I'll make sure to call you at four. I'll make sure to call you at like four fifteen in the afternoon. Hey, meet me at five. <laughs> in the heart of LA. That's right. <laughs> well, take care, man. All right, boys. Thank you. Later, DC. Lotus flower bomb. All right. Well, that was Daniel Cormier. Uh, I can't wait to watch. I love fight. that dude. I hope he, he wins, man. I, I uh, I'm a little nervous only because Hendo's got nothing to lose. You know, <laughs> he's got nothing to lose except except, for, except his hip, his uh, dentures. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but <laughs> but I I don't. I What's think, jacked up? Is I'm older than that guy, and I, I'm making jokes about how old he is. Uh, yeah, because it's funny though. It is funny. Cause, you know, it's not only that he's old; he's just been around for so long. You know, super cool guy though. Super cool, down to earth. He, I think he'd be laughing at these jokes too. Hopefully, yeah. if you could hear him. Um, <laughs> he turns up his sonic ear. Our next guest is uh, an awesome fighter. He uh, he was actually the number one. Uh, he was he was up for the title shot, and he, he recently got he recently got hurt. Uh, he's been hurt for a while, uh, and he was on a tear before that. He's guy's all heart, tough dude, badass fighter. TJ Grant, how are you, man? Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's up, man? I'm doing all right. How you doing? Good. I remember the last time we talked to you, uh, you you had just gotten uh, you you were supposed to fight, but uh, uh, I, I think you were supposed to fight Ben Henderson, correct? Yeah. And yeah. and then Back you, in the summer. And then you had the, you had the uh, concussion, and then you thought you were going to be cleared, but then you weren't cleared. What's been going on? Because I, I know a lot of the people want to know what's been going on. You know, it's just it's one of those things that kind of heal on their own. Uh, concussions are. They're a bitch, I guess. I mean, I'm I'm just doing everything I can really to you know to get back at it. I haven't really you know I haven't been back to full training or anything like that. Still having ups and downs. Um, you know, overall, it's I'm getting better, but uh, you know, just that last little bit, you know, it's it's, it's tough to just uh, you know get over that hurdle and get back to feeling 100% normal. That's really all I'm thinking about right now. Not really. You know, I, I'd love to fight in Halifax when the UFC comes here in October, but again, I. I 
these things, you know, they, they heal on their own time, and I'm just, you know, I'm trying to do everything I can to to make it heal. But okay, so let me get this straight. So, it so it was a freak accident, right? It was like somebody ran into you during yeah. training, or landed on Pretty you. Pretty much. I mean, I was just doing jujitsu, and like, yeah, I got a foot in the in, in the head, and then uh, later on, I just kind of used my head to kind of post out uh, to stop a, a sweep in jujitsu, and yeah, it was just total total accident. But no. and again, like you know, you. How many times when you're training do you post out with your head to stop a sweep? Like it happens all the time, and you know it was right at right at the end of a roll, and then I was like, you know, I didn't feel good, and you know it's kind of been the way it's been since. <laughs> well, that's never happened to me because I don't train, but 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 um, <laughs> but I'm sure it does happen to some people. <laughs> now, I mean, so uh, so you, it happened. Now, have you got a concussion since that happened, or was it was just that that uh, one concussion? It was just that, you know. And it, I've had like setbacks, but no, I haven't. I haven't been doing any contact where I've been getting hit to the head or anything like that. I just, you know, just trying to figure out what kind of makes it, what triggers like symptoms and stuff like that is really where I'm, where I'm at. It's, you know, it's a slow thing, you know, to get better. I wish, you know, some people get better in a day. I mean, I never had any concussions that I can think of. I mean, like where I've actually had like headaches or any type of symptoms after. I mean, I got knocked down in a fight before, and we all gotten hit in the head. So who knows, man? I'm just trying to, you know, get better, and then I'll decide what's next for me. But, like, but so, that, I mean, the, but there are days, it sounds like, where you're, like, not feeling all there, and, that, and, 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 and like, you're worried about going back because you, you, don't, you don't want that to be a permanent damage? Is that, is that what you're thinking? Well, yeah, I mean, you never want to, you never want to, again, my health is all I really care about right now, so... You know, my decisions as far as like, you know, when I fight next, if I fight next, all that stuff is going to just, that's going to be done when I, when I feel a hundred percent and, and, um, you know, when I get back into training, you know, I, I, I love the sport. I, I, um, you know, get myself to a position where, you know, I was so close, but at the same time, you know, my, my health and all that is, is, is completely number one. So yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, you know, my goal, my goal is to fight again, but, um, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be stupid about it if I, if I am going to do it you know I'm going to definitely have to reconsider a lot of the a lot of the things <laughs> a lot of things like sparring and all that other stuff yes yeah, it seems yeah, like we'll see man we'll see I mean it's, it seems like a lot of guys are, are going through that right now where they're there I think you know because the sport is relatively new compared to other sports and uh it seems like a lot of guys are kicking back on the sparring because it seems like that's where the damage is, is getting and, and they're, not, they're not training as hard I mean you heard it from Robbie Lawler I heard it from uh, from Isaac Valley Flag you know other guys are just they're kind of saying you know what maybe maybe I don't have to go all out in sparring and I don't have to take so much damage yeah I've always had good partners like we never try to completely kill each other we push each other pretty hard but I mean I know like of a lot of places where guys are getting like knocked down or knocked out in sparring. And I mean, that never really happens in my gym, but, um, you know, I've, I've heard of that happening, but again, even just even the little ones and getting hit and, and all the time, frequently, you know, you wear bigger gloves and, and headgear to protect your, uh, protect your brain. But, you know, basically you, it's hard. It's very hard to get out of the way of punches when you have an extra inch <laughs> and a half on each side of your head that makes your head a bigger target. So you're still getting an impact. And then the, the gloves are bigger. So maybe it's better to spar with little smaller gloves, no headgear, and just make sure that you really are careful um, with you know with, with with how hard you go and and all that stuff. You know you gotta just kind of work towards a cause and just trying to get better. And sometimes when you're 
teeing off on each other. It's just, you know, the, the alpha male comes out and, and, you know, you, you have these wars in the gym or you just can't be controlled. You know, two guys are in there and no matter what the coaches are saying, they're, they're at each other. So, I mean, don't, yeah. uh, don't, I think, don't you think maybe because you're, you you're Canadian, you have a thicker skull? Uh, it's possible, you know. <laughs> I got definitely got a thick skull. Did you uh, did you grow up playing hockey? You know what? I didn't. Um, I you know I grew up in a family of uh, five boys. Only one of my brothers played hockey, but um, you know with the town I'm from, it's pretty pretty big into hockey. They've got some Nathan McKinnon and Sidney Crosby are both from here. I mean, it's it's definitely big here. Personally, me, I never really played it. Now I know uh, TJ. I gotta say, man, you're one of my favorite fighters. Uh, I, I love watching you fight, and and I I totally uh, you know 100 percent respect and you know applaud your decision to take some time off and heal heal, heal yourself. But you are very missed, and I, I know you're a beloved fighter. By the way, I mean Canadians. I mean all fight fans love TJ Grant. Um, I know you. Uh, are you? How are you passing your days? Are you married? Uh, do you have kids? What are you doing with your uh, downtime? Well, actually, yeah, I had um, my wife. She's now my wife. We got married in October, but um, we had our first kid uh, last April. So she just turned a year old, and you know that, that that's been keeping me pretty busy. And you know, just I still am working out and uh, getting fit and doing all that stuff. And you know, I got a, a baby to keep me busy as well. So that's about it, man. I mean, I keep it simple. You know, my goal right now is just to get myself to a hundred percent, and then. You know, I'll decide. Uh, I'll decide what's next. And boy, how, boy or girl? Boy or girl? Yeah. Girl, yeah. Casey. Yeah. Nice. How <laughs> now? Are you having to work on another job, or did you save up enough money? Or. Um. Well, I mean, I, I got a little bit of money, but uh, yeah, I'll probably have to start. You know, thinking about something else. <laughs> you know, I didn't make enough money in the UFC to live on forever. So yeah, I mean. We'll see what happens next, man. I'm just, you know, I'm trying to get better. Um, I'm kind of in that position right now where I got to kind of decide what what I'm going to do. But, but who knows, man? Who knows? Would you consider opening your own school? Uh, you know, that's something I always kind of wanted to do. But, you know, I don't know. It, that that's that's also maybe not always. You know, that's a, a lot of money to start one and then. You know, are you going to really ever make a lot of money doing that? I definitely want to, you know, teach and uh, and coach and, and help out. And I love the sport. I would love to stay involved with the sport if I don't fight anymore. But who, who knows, man? I, you know, I'm just worrying about me right now, just trying to get better. And, um, you know, i gotta I got to think about some things. Now, I, I was uh, looking through some of your fights uh, last night. I was going through Fight Pass, and i got to ask you some questions. So, like, your first UFC, uh, UFC fight was against uh, uh, Rio Chonin. And, uh, you know, that guy... He was a legend, you know. He has a victory over Anderson Silva. You know, he's he's beaten some huge guys. And then you fought him in Canada. How nervous were you going into that fight? Um, not really nervous at all. I don't know. It's, uh, I was. I, I always get nervous leading up to a fight. You know, in my preparation and and. Uh, but I find once I go to the fight, actual fight week, and I get on that plane to go wherever I need to go, I I, I usually. I, I usually calm down quite a bit. Uh, there's always some stress and some anxiety. You, you know, you have a few nights there, maybe the, 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 the fight night or the night before the fight where you don't necessarily get as many hours of sleep as you want. Or, But, you know, you're rested up. I was good to go for that fight. I, I felt I felt good. I felt confident. And, um, you know, I just didn't want to get to the big stage and, and, and shit the bed. I wanted to go out there and 
you know, try to do my best, whether I won or lost, I wanted to go out there and, and, and fight. And, you know, I did all right. I mean, I made some mistakes in the fight when I, when I watched it, but, um, you know, I was overall pretty pleased just the fact that I got to go out there and win and, and win in Montreal. Yeah, no, that was awesome. And you also, you know, you had some, uh, you know, major takedowns in that, in that fight. And, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty awesome. I, m- I remember you, you, I was hearing them say, uh, I think it was uh, hearing Goldberg say that you thought that you couldn't strike with them, but your corner was telling you that you were good enough to to actually to uh, to uh, strike with them. So that was, uh, that was yeah. I mean, I grew up uh, in a, well. I started out with a, a grappling background, and I spent equal time training my striking once I decided to turn professional, but. Um, I always took the path of least resistance in my fights. You know, if I felt like I could take a guy down and submit him, you know, that's what I did for a lot of the beginning of my career. And, uh, you know, I, I always was working on my striking and I, I mean, I worked hard, hard on it. I, I felt good about it in the gym, but you know, it's another story when you don't have an amateur kickboxing or boxing background to, to go in there to start throwing the dogs and, and throwing caution to the wind a little bit. And, um, you know, that was one of those fights where that was definitely a huge part of the game plan. And, but also to, to, to put him on his back was a big part. And that was kind of like where I started to figure out, okay, like I can, you know, I can strike pretty good and I can do what I need to do. I can hold my own. Um, but I always kept like kind of a humble approach. I always try to envision my opponent as being like this, you know, unbeatable badass dude so that it brings out the very best in me and my training and in my fights. So, you know, it's kind of a moment where I was like, yeah, you know, he's pretty slow. Um, he doesn't move his head at all, and <laughs> I felt good after that. And uh, it was it was awesome, and it must have been awesome also in Canada. Uh, talk about your striking. I was watching your fight last night against Matt Wyman, and you hit him with some elbows that I've never seen. Those were some of the most vicious elbows, and I know his nickname was Handsome. Uh, <laughs> now, were you when you were hitting them? Were you thinking who's handsome now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I oh, yeah, I kind of. You know, Matt was actually a really good good dude. I I fought on the same card as him, you know, a few times before that, and he's one of those guys that, you know, I had always had good conversations with. And when it was time to fight him, I kind of was like, okay, you know, I, I really like this guy. You know, I had to do what I had to do. Um, once I hit him and I hurt him, you know, from there it's just don't let him off the hook. That's kind of where I went with it and had to had to put him away, man. You got you got to do what you got to do. I mean, and that's the thing about you, man. Exactly. A, lot, a lot of guys when they get these guys these guys hurt, they kind of go, you know, they they have a little bit of uh, they say you know a, a wounded animal is when it's most dangerous, and they kind of. But you, when you when you when you have a guy hurt, you go in for the kill. Uh, you're like a trained assassin in there. Um, uh, for example, when you had Gray Maynard hurt. I mean, you went right after him. You were a pretty big under, underdog in that fight. Uh, he was landing some big shots. How hurt were you when Maynard was landing some of those punches? I mean, I wasn't hurt, but, I mean, they were hard. Like, that was one of the hardest I've ever been hit in my life, definitely. I mean, he definitely hits. He packs a good punch. He hit me with a couple of shots. My ears were ringing. I mean, my body felt like, you know, it wasn't locked up. Like, you know, when people get dropped or they get hit and they, cause their body freezes, like I wasn't like that but you know my ears were ringing and you know when I hurt a guy though it's just you know for me that's I, I find the fighting itself is really easy like the training's hard all that other stuff but when I get to actually fight it I usually you know don't don't feel nervous I, I really want like combat you know not a lot of a lot of guys you know you see them fight and they don't really 
they're just trying to win or they're trying to point point guys. And for me, like I mean, might not throw 100 percent behind every punch, but there's some sort of bad intention, and every punch is for me is leading towards putting the guy away or you know everything I do is trying to take a guy out. And so when I do get that opportunity, I'm not gonna you know try my best not to let it go. Yeah, no, I mean you definitely. Uh... <laughs> you definitely put a hurting on people. I know in the begin uh, in your early career you didn't have a beard, and then you grew a beard. Now some people think having a beard helps as far as ab- absorbing punches. Uh, you having had a beard and or having one now and having one before, does it help? <laughs> I think it just adds to my mojo a little bit. But no, I I uh, I never had a beard my whole my whole life until just before I fought Kevin Burns. I was down training in Cincinnati with George Grigel and his team and. Um, everybody there had a beard and I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm away from home. I'll, I'll see what this looks like. And I grew it out. And then that was pretty much like, there's been like a few weeks here and there where I haven't had a beard, but since 2009, I've been pretty much rocking one steady. Um, you know, I just, my wife tells me I look like a pussy when I don't have one. So oh my I got to keep her happy. Well, yeah, got to keep Now I find sometimes wives get angry though. Cause when you're hitting them, women, when you're uh, having oral sex, sometimes you get confused whose beard it is or, you know, um, there could be some, <laughs> if, it's your, if it's your beard, or the I'm not going to speak about her beard. I don't <laughs> Okay. Uh, or her lack of beard. Okay. So like, okay. All right, good. Cause I mean, I, I know sometimes it's like cold in Canada, and you know women they want to you know. <laughs> so so your wife is totally shaved. <laughs> hey, no comment. Man. All right, no, no comment, no comment. No, 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 all right, no comment. All right, so I, I uh, nobody uh, listens to this podcast, right? Uh, yeah, nobody listens to this. Okay, also. Uh, okay, okay. Now, uh, Carlos Prater, when you fought him, I watched that fight again. It looked like it looked like he had herpes on his lip uh, during that fight. Did you notice that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. Did you kind of zero in on it like a target? Like it was just a beacon waiting to be split open? I mean, <laughs> were, you, were you nervous about uh, ca- were you nervous about going to the ground with him because you might catch it? Oh! No, no, it's all good, man. It was on his lip, man. <laughs> it's all good. I, I don't even want to get into that, man. Uh, Carl, he's a nice guy. He is a nice guy. But I did notice it. I will say I did notice it. I did see it. And it was... <laughs> It was a good size. It was a gross. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. All right, next question. All right, so you you were um you were the Canadian provincial wrestling champion. Uh, is is that a real league? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I was a provincial wrestling champion. When I'm, I was just, in high school. I'm just kid- uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I was never like a Canadian national national champion or anything like that. I was just provincial, like. You know, you guys have state champs. We yeah. have provincial champs. Okay, all right. Because, because I actually wrestled a kid from Canada one time, and the kid would have beat me. But they, ha- I think it's, it's it's like mostly freestyle up there, right? It's not folk style, isn't it? Mostly. Yeah, yeah. I don't even really know. Folk style is confusing to me, but. Yeah, because the kid would have beat yeah. me, but he kept doing freestyle moves and was like, uh, oh, yeah. putting himself in terrible positions. Yeah, but otherwise he he uh, would have won. Now I, I I know recently you were taken off the rankings for inactivity. Uh, did that did, did that crush you? Did that did, did you care? I mean, what? Tell us about that. Um. No, I mean, like, to me, rankings are stupid anyway. Like, you know, I, I can totally understand. You know, me being, I was ranked number three right before that. I can understand them moving me or 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 taking me. Like, guys have to get opportunities that are you know behind. They have to you know if someone's not available to fight, say Josh Thompson or whoever, the guys at the top are not available to fight, 
you know, these other guys have to get opportunities. The show goes on, but, um, you know, there was just no communication of that to me. Like, you know, I found out through like Twitter or something like that. And, you know, I was, that was, uh, that was more what I was upset with. I can totally see why I don't think that, um, I'm not in good standings. I think that, you know, when, when I do, uh, you know, get back to, to fighting, um, I'm sure I'll be in a good spot. I'm, I know that I'm not going to have a guaranteed title shot. I accepted that, that when I, you know, had to pull out of two, two title shots, but, um, you know, it was just, it is what it is, man. I, I, I don't think rankings are all that important anyway. I think it's, it's about going out there and, uh, having good performances. You know, they're not going to put a guy in if he, even if he won his last 10 fights, if he's putting people to sleep, like the fans, I mean, if he's putting the fans to sleep, you know, who wants to see that guy fight for a title? So it's so funny. You know, it's, it's like, it's, it's all about going out there and making a statement. It's so funny. It's like a lot, a lot of times on this show, the guys who are ranked the highest don't care about rankings. And the guys who aren't in the top 10 are like, I want to rank. You know, it, it's always like, yeah, you always want what you don't have. You know, uh, I know that Ben Henderson said the, the exact same thing, that rankings don't mean anything. I mean, especially like, you know, you got a guy like Matt Brown was ranked number seven and he was the underdog against Eric Silva, which uh, who's ranked 14. That didn't make any sense. It, it, made, it made absolutely no sense. MMA math. At his no, best. I, I mean, hey. Who cares, man? I made some money. <laughs> now I got to I got to ask you how how long did you train in, in uh, Thailand for, and what was that experience like? Um, I've spent uh, I've, I've been there five times, each time for about close to a month. Uh, it's, it's good, man. It's really good just to get away from uh, all of life's responsibilities, really, and be able to just train and wake walk out your door, and you're right in a gym where you're going to train. You know, they they cook for you, and, and you're not also forced to always try to cram in getting wrestling in and jiu-jitsu. All you're doing is Muay Thai the whole time. So, you know, you really submerge yourself in it, and, um, you know, you get to watch a lot of really great fighters, too, training. I mean, that's – I find, um, you know, if you want to if you want to truly, you know, excel and be great, you got to look at, you know, great fighters, and you got to study them and just see how they move and – you know, always want to better yourself and that's a great, great place to do it. I mean, and then what you take from there is you get home, you, you keep working at it and, you know, hopefully over time you can start kind of doing what they do. I mean, we've always done a great job. Like when we get back, everything we, we've, you know, learned in Thailand, trying to apply it with our training back home. Yeah. Although so I find some guys, you know, uh, like, like, like Mike Swick, was a guy who I thought it, it didn't. It, it seemed like he was better before he went there, um, but some guys I feel like they rely on it too much, or something goes wrong where they, you know, they forget about the other elements of it. Four floors of horrors. That's you know? what happens. Yeah, so. Phil Baroni loves it over there because the, the, the four floors of horrors he talks about. But, <laughs> but you know, I've seen it. I've seen it go the other way too, where guys spend too much time focusing on Muay Thai and not off the ground. But I think I think a guy like I mean. Maybe maybe Mike Swick's a bad, bad example, but I think a guy like you definitely took you know you could see it in a lot, a lot of your fights where you're just throwing crazy elbows and knees, and you're like wow. And uh, and finally the final question. Um, so I know you're from Canada. Uh, another amazing fighter from Canada, Justin Bieber. Uh, what are your what are your thoughts on Bieber? Um. <laughs> I don't know. I think he's kind of a douchebag, uh, but here, here, you know, he's really rich, and uh, you know, I can't really hate him for that. But you know, I, I don't know. He's Justin Bieber, man. He's, he's kind of a little goof. 
Okay, all right. So you're not defending him. It seems like uh, Canadians are they either go either way. They like defend him or they they just very no. There's no defending. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know anybody that defends that hump. (laughs) My like a twelve year old, (laughs) my little twelve year old cousin likes him. Oh. Um, all right. Well, listen, T.J. Grant, uh, you are a man of few words, but uh, you are you're you're a great man, dude. And I, and I like know that you didn't really want to do this, this interview, and I, I kind of coaxed you into it. And I'm really happy you did, man, because uh, I'm I am a fan, and I know that you know when your name gets brought up, people get really happy because they want to see you fight, and they're they're you have a huge fan base. And uh, keep your head up, dude, because shit happens, man. You get you, you you know, but I'm I'm sure that you know it's not about how many times you get. Knocked down. Sometimes you get up, and you seem to, you know, keep coming over, overcoming all these obstacles. And it's, it's, you know, I'm sure you'll be back kicking ass. Is what I'm trying to say, dude. Well, I appreciate that, man. Thank you very much. Glad to be on. It's the truth. Well, take care, TJ. Later, man. Well, I'd like to thank all our guests for coming on. Daniel Cormier, thank you for coming on. Sarah Kaufman, thank you for coming on. TJ Grant, thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you to Sunfair for sponsoring us. Carl Farrow. And for feeding us. Uh, it was, I think it was a great show. It was, I, a, it, was a, it was a dynamite show. I had a lot of fun this week. I had a lot of fun this week. Happy uh, birthday to you, by the way. Thank you. I got to get back to work. Uh, wow. A, I haven't said that in a I long time. I can't believe you're actually saying that. Yeah, I don't really want to go back to work. Uh, it's, it's like my first day. <laughs> you no, know, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to have a job like that. I'm, 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 it's, a, it's a privilege. Uh, nice. So, thank you, DJ Shrope, uh, for being, Thanks, the, DJ. being the best producer in the game. Uh, you're one of one. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you're the best producer in this room. Uh, thank you. Uh, good luck to our boy, Jake, Jake Ellenberger. You're uh, sorely missed around here. Yeah, you really are, man. Definitely smells like sex around here without you. <laughs> so you can follow us at uh, Adam Comedian, at MMA Roasted, at Todd, Todd Rex, two D's, two X's, um, at DJ Shrope, at Ellenberger MMA. And at Sunfair and at Fox Sports. Thank you, so, Fox Sports. Take care.